You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org. Once again, we're talking about Mormons. Seems kind of weird, but here we are. You're listening to Cornfield Theology. Hey everyone, Pastor Sean here once again at you with another Cornfield Theology podcast. Thanks for listening to Cornfield Theology. We truly want to be a blessing to you. We want to challenge how you think. We want to inform you about God's Word and talk well about theology. Uh, Cornfield Theology is a ministry of Redemption Hill Church. We are located in where, Logan? The Des Moines, Des Moines Metro. Metro, baby. That's right. And in case you don't know Des Moines, it's in Iowa. I mean, not everyone's heard of Des Moines, I guess. Yeah, flyover country. Flyover country. I don't mind being flyover country, man. I, it's like I, I was bugged by it for a while. Then I'm like, you know, you're missing out. Yeah, I was great. Let's keep Iowa weird, man. Let's just keep flying over. Cool. We like our thing we'll here. We'll do our own thing. Yeah, we got it. And uh, so, anyways, Redemption Church, we meet at 10 a.m. at Radiant Elementary. So, if you want to check us out and you're local, stop on by. You can catch out all the Cornfield Theology podcasts and blogs and resource pages at cornfieldtheology.com. Also, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and all the relevant outlets. Also, be sure to check us out on social media, right, Logan? Yeah. You're a big social media guy. No. Yeah, you are. Listen to our last podcast. Oh, yeah, you weren't. No. But, but you on... can check us out on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Twitter. Twitter. Instagram. Instagram. You go to Rede- look for Redemption Hill. Are we on MySpace? <laughs> oh, the blast from the past. <laughs> we are not on TikTok. I can tell you what we're not on. TikTok. I don't even know how that would even work, but I don't even want to know. I'm not even going to explore that. Anyways, you can find us a it's little bit. pretty simple. What's that? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're on TikTok, or you confirm or deny that? I I like I got on it, and then I was like, mm, China's stealing a lot of my information. So then yeah. I got off. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, if you don't want to get on social media, good news for you. Like I said, cornfieldtheology.com. You can check us out there. And uh, if you want to sign up for our email list, if you go to the website, go to the bottom of the page, you can put your email in. You don't get spammed. Every time a blog drops, it just emails it to your inbox. There you go. So pretty pretty easy. All right. We're talking about Mormonism again, guys. Um, if you are catching this particular podcast and you're like, what are you talking about? Guess what? We have a theological primer on um, comparing theological doctrine of Mormonism and Orthodox historic Christianity. And we kind of talk through some of the main theological distinctions, namely the Trinity, the deity of Christ. Uh, Christ. A big one we talked about, guys, was grace, right? Yep. Um, uh, works, righteous salvation uh, versus a grace salvation. That's very distinctive. Um, and so we try to hash out those differences and why they're important. And um, uh, Logan and I, you know, about a month ago, as we said in the last podcast, had coffee. Well, I guess they didn't have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> we had, I had coffee. Yeah. And it was good. Man, we were so mean. We invited them to a coffee shop. I thought about that when I did, and I'm like, uh. But I'm sure they're used to it by now. They got hot chocolate. They did get hot chocolate. So, anyways, we, we chatted with them. It was a wonderful conversation. Nice dudes. Um, really appreciated their time. Um, I've been thinking about catching up with them again and be like, hey, you want to grab, I guess, hot chocolate? <laughs> again, or whatever. Would you like some tea? Would you like some tea? <laughs> they do so, like Mountain Dew. They do like Mountain Dew, yeah. So uh, we, we, we talk about the theological distinctions and the differences. Differences is probably the right word there. And now we want to talk about kind of two other lanes. Uh, one, 
your theology always has consequences for how you live and how you feel and what you believe. That's true of any faith, right? Oh, yeah. If we're just being honest. Like, yeah, because it becomes your worldview. Totally. Exactly. It's, it's how you operate your life. And um, I think what we tried to show last time, what we really want to show now is that in light of what they believe specifically about grace, is that there's a, a particular kind of culture and what they believe about heaven and things like that. There's a particular culture within Mormonism that's hard to leave. So we're going to kind of get into that a little bit. And also, for those of you who are like, you know, if you're like, how do I talk to Mormons? We just want to give some tips. Uh, Rob and I, um, Rob Danson, who's here, um, along with Logan Kane, sorry to introduce you guys. We were talking about that. There are some specific ways that we can help coach people in terms of, okay, here's some good news. You actually can talk to Mormons. Um, here's some here's some tips. So I didn't tell this story the first time. So there I was. Yeah. I was about 18. Mm-hmm. And I met a girl. Ooh. Yeah, I went to this camp. I was in Bloomington, Indiana, University of Indiana, right? And, um, you know, we're at the camp. I, didn't, it, I was the only one from, like, the state of Iowa or my region that went. I don't know what it was exactly, but I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. Education teacher. What kind of teacher? I wanted to do elementary ed, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they had this camp where it's like, if you wanted to be a teacher, you can we can kind of give you some training about. So when you get into college, you kind of know what you're doing and you know what to expect, things like that. Sure. So it was cool. And then there was this this gal. Um, I'll leave her nameless. Not that anyone's gonna be listening to this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, Hey, hey people listen. Not not yeah, a few. Yeah, you know. Anyways, she was really nice. She was pretty, and she was Mormon. And then all of a sudden, we started hanging out during this camp and all that kind of stuff. And I'm getting to know her. It's like a week long camp. And if you ever, I mean, you ever been to a camp? It's like you're all in the same place at the same time, so you get to know people pretty quickly. Well, all of a sudden we agreed to stay in contact and um, we stay, we did stay in contact and we were on the phone all the time. And then she was from Utah, from Southern Utah. And I actually went out to visit her in wow. Utah. Well, I should back up before I did that. When I came home, I started, I started meeting with the Mormon elders in Dubuque, Iowa and started going to church with them. Sure. So doing their, um, I don't know if they call it catechism, whatever it's before church, whatever they got going on, going to, to their church or whatever. And I started learning a lot about Mormonism. And he, here's here's what I'm going to admit. The appeal was to the girl. <laughs> yes, yeah. and I get that. <laughs> um, but the appeal, what I saw in her is what I saw in a lot of other Mormons, a genuine uh, love for their faith. I mean, I, I got to admit, like, I have my beef with Mormonism. We're going to get into it here in a moment. But what I saw in her, I'm like, wow, that's not how I grew up. I grew up Roman Catholic, and I'm not saying Roman Catholics don't have a genuine love for their faith. That's not what I'm saying. But for me, from from my seats, she was one of the first people I met where I'm like, whoa, you actually practice what you preach. You practice what you believe. And I found that really, I found that quality really attractive. So I don't know if they call that Mormon missionary dating or if there's a language for it. You were it. almost snatched away. Yeah. Well, it, well, if I may say. Yeah, go for it, man. Um, it's it's interesting in talking with some Mormons that have thought about leaving. Mm-hmm. That's one concern they have is that they've had such a strong community. Yeah. And, and you know, in church involvement and mm-hmm. are they going to experience that outside? Right. But because they're so sheltered in a sense, they don't know they don't that, know. hey, there are yeah. other strong Christian communities out there. Yeah, totally. And, you know, what I saw, to your point, Rob, what I saw with, with her is like she was in a strong community. It's clear. 
That was very much the case. Well, you saw that she was pretty well, and that she was in a strong community. All right, fair point. A point of order. <laughs> point of order. There was uh, priority number uno. There was other things. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually go out to Southern Utah. I visit her. I visit her family. I do that whole thing, which is crazy. Yeah, it, it, even saying it out loud. I'm were like, you 18 or were you 19? I was like 18 or 19, somewhere in there. Okay. And I come home and then, you know, and all of a sudden I start moving toward like baptism in the Mormon church. And I'm like, okay, we're doing this. All right. She's pretty. You know, I can get baptized and, you know, continue to grow in this Mormon faith thing. And then, you know, maybe someday. And then um, I will never forget um, the, the night before I was to get baptized, I walk out on the deck and my mom was sitting there. It, was, it must have been a nice summer day or something. And I told her, I'm like, and she knew I'd been going to this Mormon church and she had met the elders. And I said to my mom, hey, I'm going to get baptized tomorrow. And uh, my parents were pretty like independent. At this point, they're like, hey, you do you, you know? Sure. But she did say this. She's like, hey, just wait one more week. Just one more week. Think about it. And then if after that week you want to get baptized, we'll let you do it. I'm like, all right, cool. I, I love my mom so much, so much. And so loved her then, loved her to this day. I wanted to honor her wish. And so I did. So I'm like, hey, guys, I got to put it off a week. My mom just asked me to think about it. And I think that's fair. And I want to honor her. Well, within that week, that span, that one Saturday, Saturday, I met another girl. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. <laughs> so bad. So wow, shallow. I'm just learning a lot about you right now. <laughs> but she was a Christian. And, and she wasn't falling for my, my dumb little tricks. But she was a Christian. And she... Um, said, hey, come ch- come to church, you know, and I heard about the gospel for the first time. So I never got into a relationship with her, but I'm grateful for her because I saw, I, what I saw in the Mormon gal, I saw in her a genuine love for her faith. And if you're from Dubuque, Iowa, by the way, like it's all Catholic. And so you don't hear about the grace of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's shifted in the last 20, 25 years. But at that time, when I was growing up, growing up, never heard about this thing called grace, you know, mm. as we talked about earlier, with Mormonism, kind of a, um, a works righteous salvation, you know. So, anyways, that's the story, guys. I'm I'm getting the big takeaway that girls uh, can lead men by the nose to the gospel, <laughs> and maybe that should be leverage. Is that not what I'm supposed to be taking? <laughs> no, from? I don't think so. But I, I think the one takeaway, though, I do appreciate the genuineness of of their faith. Um, you know, we had we said in the last podcast these very clear differences, and I think it's fair fair point for being intellectually honest. It's good to point those out. Uh, Mormons are good people in terms of hardworking. We point out their work ethic. They're kind. I've never met a mean Mormon. Have you? No. I, I really haven't. Um, but we do think that uh, Mormons are living uh, not in truth. And some of them who want to leave can't because mm-hmm. of a theological system that makes it very hard for them to leave because of the repercussions of, of leaving. Although I do... Uh... Well, while there is definitely the social stigma, the the family, yeah, the community, um, supposedly there has been a change in the church where you can leave without actually getting formally excommunicated now. Oh. I guess there was a change recently. Another way forward. Yeah. Interesting. So you can that. leave a little more quietly and they'll just remove your name from some list. So let me ask you this question, Rob. Let's say I'm a Mormon. Got a, got a, uh, got a wife. She's Mormon. Kids that are Mormon. And uh, I wake up one day, and I'm like, "Honey, I don't think I'm Mormon." What then? 
are the repercussions in, in many situations that we've heard. Uh, I mean, there's there's two roads that happen. Mm-hmm. If that person that does, if that person doesn't believe in their Mormonism anymore, mm-hmm. and they haven't filled it with something else, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're on a track to not believing in any God mm-hmm. or any particular religion. Mm-hmm. Or if they, let's say, heard the gospel. Mm-hmm read the Bible and it, and it just empowered them, then it might lead them down that path. Uh, So they, that's the two avenues they would go. But in either case, if the wife doesn't go along with him, if it's a guy that's leaving Mm -hmm. and he's married, that, that wife is now looking at it. That's, and I don't want to say this in a in a rude way, but that's that's her meal ticket to get to the celestial kingdom. Yeah, right. The third mm-hmm. in the last podcast, yeah. she has no other course. That's like the top yeah. level heaven. Just to reference that, because we're we're yeah. podcasting these back to back. But in the previous podcast, yeah, explain that real quick. Just ten seconds. Okay. Uh, celestial kingdom, lowest terrestrial kingdom, right. mid tier, and we're talking about heavens, layers of he- yep. heavens, celestial kingdom, greatest heaven there is. Mormons go there who follow specific um, commands mm-hmm. and like faith, repentance, baptism, believes laying on hands. Um, one of them we actually forgot to mention last time was marriage. Oh yeah, uh, no, oh, we, no, no, yeah, you didn't marriage, mention, marriage you didn't in have the to temple. Get married in the temple. Yeah, but Rock now that. part of the role of the woman though in this marriage is to have kids. Yeah, yeah, and if now the husband is no longer Mormon she cannot fulfill that role that helps her get into the celestial kingdom. Yeah, if there's no marriage, mm-hmm. then yeah, she she can't get to that. And and that's the interesting part is the whole idea of getting to that celestial kingdom mm-hmm. is so that they can become a god mm-hmm. of their own planet right. and have their own spirit babies. Right. And that's that's and it and they're very they're very much in in wanting to keep the family together. Right. right. Very big on family. Right. And so, if 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 the wife doesn't leave Mormonism, and the husband does because he's either fallen into agnosticism or an atheist right. or or some other religion, um, she she has to get divorced. Yeah. She has right. to leave him. And there's pressure from the community. To and, and yeah, and then get remarried to a different Mormon. So can we just pause and say like that is the culture of fear that I've been talking about is that if isn't if this isn't done right, then oh my goodness, my chances of reaching the celestial heaven are gone. Right. So I'm going to do everything I can to keep it together so that that is still a reality for me someday. Not not only gone, but it's the breaking up of their family. Right. Yeah. Their kids and, and, and her, and you know, there, there's no guarantees. And this is a very graceless system of theology. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be, I don't know, dismissive, you know, I'm not an, I'm an expert on Mormonism per se, but the stories I hear from many people who've, who've left, left the faith, that is such a big struggle. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I don't do this, then this will not happen. Yeah. Would you say with your uh, conversations with Mormons that, that the implications of leaving the faith with their family is probably the biggest hurdle for them? Yeah, or- I think so. And I think, I think 
is, is what I would commend Mormons for. It's like a high view of the family, mm-hmm. like a strong family unit. So I, I like in that perspective, I'm like, that's awesome. I can, I can um, commend you for yeah. some of that. You know? That they believe that children are good. Yeah, exactly. And good to have children. Yeah, yeah like, absolutely. That's some things sometimes their culture does not promote. Co- correct. And so. Um, not not to get into this is not a I don't say this political way but there's a theological conservatism in, with them mm-hmm. and like you know I'm looking at Genesis one and I'm like you know multiply okay look at we're gonna multiply I can appreciate their their view of the family and the strength of, of their theology even though I don't agree with some of the theological theological distinctives that under underpin the family necessarily mm-hmm. and so I get that and I, I appreciate that however what is what is good is also will also become a place of I don't know putting in the fear mm-hmm. um, this if this thing that we value it's a tool so much, to keep you in line yeah if this thing man now you sound like 1984 I'm not trying to go there and Orwellian on it good night man come on man <laughs> come on man so it's like if if this thing is not held together then oh my goodness the the repercussions and the implications are are tough mm-hmm. well and you know and the other thing is if 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 you're a Mormon and you're starting to have questions for, for whatever reason, whether it be the Bible or right. uh, doctrines that, that may be contradictory that you're, you're, you're seeing uh, and it's causing you to question um, another fear tactic in a sense, you could say, is, uh, is the feedback they get from other Mormons, not mm-hmm. necessarily in their family, mm-hmm. that, oh, that means you're going to go in and you're going to become an alcoholic. You're mm-hmm. going you're mm-hmm. to become, uh, you you're know. Going to go off the rails. Or yeah, yeah. Going, yeah, going off the rails. You're exactly. just going with the world. Look at the world and whatever else have you. Yeah, and, I, and I, we talked about this earlier where I th- what I desire for us is that as Christians, we want to provide a place that Mormons who leave the faith can come and explore Christianity, um, a, a place where there's an abundance amount of patience and grace, you know, to be like, okay, what is this thing you call Christianity? What is grace? What is the grace of the gospel? What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, because we talked, as we talked offline a little bit, Rob, is that some people who leave the faith, they just become atheists or agnostics or whatever. It's like, they leave any vestiges of religion behind. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with that. And my plea is no. Don't do that. I, no, I understand the instinct when one leaves their faith. Um, I understand that instinct, but actually come to what is true and right and what is good. Um, come to Redemption Hill Church. We love to have you. <laughs> but <laughs> Absolutely. You, you come to a place like this is like you'll you'll be in the presence of people who love God deeply, you mm-hmm. know, but who are who've been saved by grace, grace alone, and uh, who try to live in such a way. Um, in a manner of speaking by the grace of God. Yeah. yeah. So, um, any other things that keep that kind of keep Mormonism together that, that is yeah. daunting or scary. I mean, I feel like when you're talking about the talking about fear or the use of fear, and maybe this isn't a thing for most Mormons, but it's something like if I was a Mormon, I couldn't like forget about, we talked previously about who goes to yeah, uh, the yeah, outer yeah. darkness, their version of hell. And, oh, this is a good point. This and is a great point. Satan, the demons and apostate Mormons. Yes. Like that. Wow. That's crazy. Like, so let's, let's just paint this in re- really clear. If I'm a Mormon. Yep. And again, I got, I'm married. I got like 80 kids and, um, not polygamy because they, they, they put away with polygamy in the seventies, I think. Mm. Um, but I got a lot of kids 
and I, I leave the Mormon faith and my wife divorces me and all, all of a sudden we're not together. I'm going to outer darkness. Yeah. With like the devil. Yeah. And demons and the rest of the apostate Mormons. So like, if, if that is my theology, think about what that does psychologically to a person. Oh yeah. Yeah. It becomes a lot like, um, Oh, what's that? Pascal's wager. Yeah. Um, which, which is not the best apologetic thing, but it's the idea of like, you know, no, but it you, know here. you, you believe either believe and you get to go to heaven, which is good. Or you believe and you don't get to go to heaven and it's just a neutral wash. So why not just believe, or you don't believe and then you go to hell and then that's negative. Yeah. Or you don't believe and there's nothing, which is just a wash. So it's better to just believe because there's the possibility of heaven. Right. Like if you're stuck in Mormonism, it's like, well, if I stay, I have that possibility of heaven. But if I leave Mm -hmm. and I'm wrong for leaving, like I am going to hell versus everyone else. Like me not being a Mormon, I get to go to a heaven at least. Right. Right. Yeah. You see how that just traps people. And again, like I said a moment ago. What that does to people psychologically is pretty crazy. Yeah. And and it's fair to say that within Protestantism, there are certain uh, sects, I guess, um, that have that same culture of fear, mm-hmm. same psychological effect of, on people. Again, different system, mm-hmm. but same effect. Yeah. Of um, Basically, it's a... When I say fundamentalism, I mean not the fundamentals of the faith, but those fun, those movements that do exist that have those same cultures of fear that are really focused on law and like you must do these things right um right yeah yeah so totally i haven't interacted with a bunch of fundamentalists sorry no yeah well my train was going and then it pumped the brakes and (laughs) here's another thing about um in terms of like a a concern i have with with mormonism in general Mm -hmm. is that there's an obsession with joseph smith like he is their savior. I mean, well, I mean, he's the prophet. He's yeah. their, their prophet, but it's over against Jesus Christ, and I find that extremely troubling. Um, obviously, I feel I feel it's troubling as a Christian, right? But it's almost like I akin it to some people within the Catholic Church who are like obsessed with the Mother Mary, mm-hmm. and that becomes their god essentially, an idol, <laughs> an idol. But yeah, I mean, if you think about this, like in the Book of Mormon, I think Jesus is mentioned like once. Yeah, once. Yeah, it's like. These are our religious texts about what we believe. Oh, there's this guy named Jesus. Have you heard he's, of him? He's in the New Testament, which yeah. is only accurate as far as it's translated. Right. Yeah. Again, previous podcast. Previous podcast. Well, and, and actually, uh, I'm in the process of looking it up, but yeah. Joseph Smith also took credit for actually doing more to keep the church together or bringing the church back mm. than Jesus. Okay. So he's kind of touting himself. His own, he's messianic. Yeah, and and that so I mean that's that's huge right there if he uh, that's his claim. Yeah, and again, Joseph Smith, sketchy past. I know good Mormons don't want to hear that, but if you want to be intellectually honest, go study the history. This is not about like oh you just don't like Mormonism. No, no, that's not. I, I, I promise you, it's not like it's a hit job, and I'm just trying to say false things. Well, they have the gospel topic essays. Yeah. That's that's in in their the the book of the, the Mormon Church has acknowledged it. Yeah, and it talks about the past of a lot of different things. So even if we did a quick comparison of Joseph Smith, you know that what we have in terms of documents that talk about his life and Jesus, 
like and then just think about it from a historical document perspective like the two aren't even close right you know, in terms of their character uh, their message what they preached their mission mm-hmm. it's just not even close and so this obsession with joseph smith just you know doesn't drive me nuts i'm not a mormon but it's just like i would love to correct that like no i just want to turn your eyes to jesus read the gospels over and over and over and over again um the, a way to like, push yourself out of mm-hmm. out of these false um, ideas is to focus on christ and learn about christ learn about his sayings mm-hmm. um, what did he say in the sermon of the mount why is that so important mm-hmm. so uh, any 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 other thoughts about just kind of Mormon culture and the way that we at least and how we've interacted with it over the years because we've met Mormons before? Yeah, this is gonna almost segue into like what we're next gonna talk about, yeah. but it is still part of Mormon culture. Yeah, and I just want to mention it because you mentioned like going going to read the Gospels. When you go read the Gospels, don't read it through your Mormon lens. Yeah, I heard this in one of the videos you sent, Rob. But like coming to the Gospels like a child. Mm. like these this is the first time like you're reading you're it for reading, the first time yeah like yeah. you're reading it for the first time and look at what it says yeah. and you will find throughout the new testament that it contradicts the mormon the- theology mm-hmm. the mormon doctrines mm-hmm. and yeah. that just it, it, like reading john yeah gospel of john yeah galatians ephesians and galatians because of you know, grace, grace. I mean, Paul's addressing Ephesians because of grace. Yeah. yeah. Um, Romans, uh, just talking about like our sin and our depravity mm-hmm. and our like, Oh yeah. But yeah. if you, if you come at it with your Mormon lens, you're going to end up reading things into the text that are not actually there. So yeah. you become like a child. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I recently wrote a blog and like principles for reading the Bible for Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Or anyone, but you know, Christians in particular. And one of the things I say is like, when you come to the text, even us, even us, we have to like suspend our biases. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we want, we don't want to read into the text, our presuppositions. Right. We want the, we want God's word to speak to us. Um, so we want to do our level best to suspend those and hear what God is saying, not what Sean Powers is saying. Right. Same thing. If you're a Mormon, um, my encouragement to you, if you're listening, is go to, let's, say, let's just say the Gospel of John. I think it's a great place. Mm. Do your best. Just like we would do our best to suspend your Mormon doctrine and just hear uh, your Mormon presuppositions and just hear what God says through his word. And I think if you do that, you will be blown away because I, I believe in the power of God's word. Mm-hmm. And what that can do to transform hearts and minds, you'll just be absolutely blown away. Well, and you know that's the the word gospel. I think there's a I think there's a difference in what we mean by gospel and what they mean by gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, and how they come to know that the Book of Mormon is true. Mm-hmm. Do you do you get did they the Mormon missionaries that, that you talked to burning in the bosom. <laughs> right that's what they talk they, about it's, they, it's they that, pray that they pray about the mormon bible or mormon book book of mormon jeez and they i believe they talk about like basically receiving a conviction of, yeah. or what they call the burning in the bosom that what they read is true right right yep Am there's I, uh in the um dnc 9 8 through 9 doctrine and covenants yep it says but behold i say unto you that you must study it out in your mind then you must ask me if it be right. And if it is right, I will cause that your bosom shall burn within you. Therefore, you shall feel that it is right. 
And so they, they do that. They yeah. read the Book of Mormon, and then they pray, and they get some sense of feeling, and that's their acknowledgement that it is right. It's on a feeling only. Hooked on a feeling. Da, 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 da. Sorry. <laughs> Again, wow, two podcasts in a row, and you started singing. <laughs> and I, I do it with you. Yeah, I'm, you I'm an are, accomplice. You guys, you guys are in sync. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a good point. That's a band. <laughs> yes, I can't sync. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I think you raise a good point in that. Well, it, it goes to this. Like, should we base our what we believe on feelings? Well, yeah, what does the Bible say we should do? Yeah, well, I mean, I know God gave us emotions and feelings. I acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But we should not be carried away by our feelings yeah in jeremiah 79 it says the heart is deceitful above Mm -hmm. all things and desperately sick who can understand it it's the reason why we read in proverbs like we have to guard our heart Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yeah so we want to to your point i think we encourage uh, mormons or former mormons to come to the new testament what is god saying be ready to engage yes i think it's i think it's good to be impacted emotionally we want to think well. Uh, Romans 12, 1, 2. Like, we'll be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so think well about what it is you read in the Book of Mormon. Then you get to the Gospel of John. You're like, whoa, this isn't map on. This isn't square. Mm-hmm. So do you pray about it for the feeling? Or do you no, do what pray, the Bereans? Yeah. You pray to understand. You yeah. pray to understand. And that, when I say understand, I'm not getting Gnostic on the whole thing. Um, I'm really... Yeah. The, God has revealed truth through his word and it is understandable. It is clear and we pray to understand. Yeah. And that's, that's what happened when, uh, it was Paul talking to the Bereans yeah. and bringing the gospel message. They're yeah. like, well, we have to we have go to back study and this. study this and yeah. make right. sure that what you're saying is correct. Yeah. And it's, it wasn't just like studying exactly what Paul was say, saying. Sure. They were comparing it to the old Testament right. scriptures that this they already had. On, yeah. And they're like, Oh, and if, and if, hey, if, if your discovery of the truth causes you to sing and shout and wave flags and that gets emotionally, you know, <laughs> great, great. That's awesome. But we are led by the truth. Truth is, you know, a knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then from that, we, we rejoice and we, you know, we, we, we sing theologically deep songs. We try to sing theologically deep songs at Redemptional Church because we want our mind to impact our heart Um and uh, so that's, I think it's just really important. We kind of have that same approach when we come to scripture. Yeah. So it's knowledge of the truth accompanied by emo- emotions, yeah. not just emotions. Yeah. So we're not, we're not emotionless beings. No. Not at all. We're just saying we got to rightly align um, our emotions with what is true. Right. And so, I agree. yeah, Mormons, please read, read. and. Yeah, I would say, like you said, John, the whole gospel of John is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And then if they want to get in... I don't know if we want to get into some of the other yeah, let's get books of right the now. Bible, but uh, there's yeah, what, Romans. What are, so let's say I'm a Mormon. I'm like, I just left Rob Danielson. Um, I'm knocking on your door. I'm like, hey, we've been neighbors for a while. What should I start reading? Yeah, I would I would start out with John, the whole book. Yep. And then because there's that difference in grace, mm-hmm. read Romans 3 through 6. Mm-hmm. And, and try and fully read it as, like you, you mentioned earlier, read it as if you were a child. Mm. And and just let it let it come out to you what it's saying. Don't try and read into it with your Mormon point of view. 
read it right, from right. Uh, like that of a child. Now, I would also say Galatians. Yep. In light of what we've talked about regarding works, and Paul addresses that head on. That's why he writes the book of Galatians, right? So that'd be a, another place to go. Well, in, in Galatians, not wanting to hammer it um, on them, but Galatians talks about, Paul says, hey, if someone comes to you with a different gospel, mm-hmm. you know, anathema. Yeah. <laughs> He's really strong. Yeah. I mean, it's like, which, which is really funny. Not funny. It's um, interesting that Paul's like, if someone comes to you with a different gospel, is anathema. 1830 Joseph Smith. <laughs> it's like, that's well, a different gospel. Yeah. And that's, that's the wrestle yeah. that Mormons need to deal with. Mm. And, and truly, and, but it's not, if it's just going to be depending on that burning of the bosom, the feeling that they get, that they prayed, saying that the Book of Mormon's true, if that's all they're going to rely on. I yeah. mean, shoot, have you ever had a strong feeling that turned out to be wrong? <laughs> all the time. Yeah, like it's called a every time election. you felt the Cubs were going to win the World oh, Series, you were wrong it. for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so let's let's do an analogy here, an example. I love if, analogies. If someone, a, a guy and a girl were dating, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they came to you, or yep. even to a Mormon, and said, you know, we've been dating for a while, we really love each other, and you know what, we, we prayed, we both prayed, and we had this, this feeling that it was right, and we're going to sleep together, mm-hmm. we're, we're going we're gonna to have sex. Mm-hmm. before we get married because yeah. we, we feel that it's right what would you say in response don't trust your feelings your and, feelings aren't accurate yeah i mean you your, your feelings don't you, you bring them to the scriptures you show them like yeah. that is wrong yeah yeah the <laughs> scriptures and so that's the same concept that mormons need to take with questioning the different gospels mm-hmm. is is going to the scriptures to see what the scriptures say mm-hmm. versus just a feeling yeah because like like i said earlier that in Jeremiah's, the, your feelings, they're, they're deceitful. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, your heart's deceitful. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good, guys. So don't be hooked on a feeling. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking to myself. There's going to be a class action lawsuit against you for the damages <laughs> you've caused to people's hearings. Here's, if you're listening. I came off strong. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. It's late. <laughs> we can make excuses now. It's late. Yeah, I'm tired. If um, Mormons were to come to me and say, hey, what would it be like to come to your church? Like, here's what it would be like. You walk in, and you're going to meet a community of people, small or small church. We planted a couple of years ago. Um, but you're going to meet a community of people who are going to love you and care for you. And then if you have questions, they will graciously respond to you. Mm-hmm. They will probably invite you over for dinner. If you have kids with you, they'll let your kids play with them. And then if they interact with me, I'll have them over. I'll take them to dinner. I'll take them to lunch, whatever. And we'll talk about life. We'll talk about yeah. life. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we're going to talk about the grace of the gospel. With with yeah. no judgment, no, no pressure. Ju- no. And there will be one really friendly intern yeah. that will forget your name. Overly friendly. Hey. Don't be overly friendly. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't be overly friendly. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't do hugs when you're greeting people, Logan. Yeah. No bear hugs. Um, and so uh, I like to think that our church is a place where anyone could come to learn about who God is yeah. and what it means to be in relationship with God. And and I, as we've been kind of hammering at over and over, guys, and I think rightfully so, the grace that exists from God. Right. Freely yeah. given by God. Yeah. 
And so, I, I mean, obviously at our church, you're gonna hear, um, you know, if you're a Mormon, you're coming, and it's gonna be different. And it's, you know, oh yeah. You you go to something your whole life, and all of a sudden, you go to something else. You're be like, whoa, this made no sense. Like small I, co- culture shock. Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up Catholic, and then all of a sudden, I I go to this church and. They're singing like worship music and someone's preaching for 40 minutes. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The homily was only supposed to be 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) You've gone way over. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, there's differences, but we try to point you to Jesus over and over again. You know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I I personally have not been to a Mormon church, but some, some of the things that I've heard is that they don't talk about Jesus in the church. I've heard that too. I, I'll tell you what. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I got. No, story. no, you go ahead. Go no, ahead. Here's the story. I was I was talking with someone who, so who left the Mormon. Yeah. No, you. No, no, you. No, you. Who uh, left the Mormon church, and that was one of the points that he, that he had made. He's like, I hardly remember talking about Jesus, and so, <laughs> and that's the whole basis of the church, <laughs> yes, right? Absolutely, yeah. the Son of God, and so like a redemptional church. Like I think on our website, it's like you go to redemptionhilldsm.org. It's like right there. It's all, all about, about Jesus. Jesus. It's on my coffee mug. Yeah, man. So, well, and you know, another thing that I've I've heard, mm-hmm. even even not the not going to church or, or going to church and not hearing about Jesus. If you ask them, you know, have you have you read the Bible? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know, I. Yeah. I've read a couple of chapters here and there, but then you ask them about the Book of Mormon or their Doctrine and Covenants and Pearl of Great Price, they've read those probably multiple times. Right. Well, if that's, at the end of the day, that's the stuff of their theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're in one, as we talked in our last podcast, you know, the Mormons believe they're the restoration of the true church. So you got to have the Bible <laughs> if you're yeah. going to say that. But how do you build out Mormon theology, Mormon doctrine? You need those other other you know sacred texts. They would say. Um, to, to build that out. So you're, you're going to have to focus in on that because mm-hmm. I do believe the word of God is powerful. Yeah. Um, and so they got to combat that. All right. That's good guys. It's really helpful. Um, anything else to last, last topic of conversation and then we'll, we'll be done. Let's say we have folks listening mm-hmm. and they're not Mormon. Let's say they're Christians. Yep. And like how, when someone knocks on the door, like, or my, or my coworker starts talking to me, how do I even begin to interact? I would say ask questions. Yeah. You don't need to know everything about Mormonism That's to have a conversation. Don't be intimidated then. Yeah, just seek seek to know more. Yeah. You know, the the one downside about people who know a lot about the Mormon church is that they will, you know, make statements, mm. you know, about the church to the people they're talking to, which may not necessarily be what they believe. Mm-hmm. And so the idea would be just to find out what they believe. So um, let's let's get specific here, Rob, because I think your impulse there is right. What are some three questions that uh, our listeners could ask a Mormon just to, to begin to learn? Well, I mean, you could start, you know, just, just by having them tell them what they believe. Yeah. You know, or ask ask them what they like what a simple question like hey yeah. what do you believe about God yeah what do you believe about Jesus mm-hmm. what do you believe about grace yeah I think that's that one right there what do you believe about grace mm. um, I think asking questions like so again and, I think, and they want to answer by the way like they're there to answer oh, those and, questions yeah totally they're they're trained so they're not they're they especially the more missionaries they got answers for all this but I think something I want to get back to because you're right ask questions Logan 
is always right when he says this, but have them define the terms. Yeah. What so do you mean by grace? That's the follow-up question. What yeah. do you mean by that? Correct. And so asking good questions, don't be intimidated. I think, I think you can have a curious mind mm-hmm. and ask really sharp questions, helpful yeah. questions. And I think after a while, like when you're really listening to them, you're going to notice, hey, that doesn't quite match up. Like when you start going into grace and, mm-hmm. and the nature of grace, like you can start asking those types of questions. Be like, okay, you're saying, you know, saved by grace, but I come, you know, that doesn't match up with us having to do so much works. Yeah. Um, so then you can ask them, what, what's your supporting evidence for that? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, have them have them back up their assertions. Of what they're believing. Yeah, yep. I think the other thing... And points them to the Bible, too. Well, yeah, they'll totally. probably look out the Book of Mormon. And don't be intimidated by um, not knowing biblical languages. Mm-hmm. If they start saying, well, the Greek says this, be like, you know, I've talked... My pastor's mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. And um, you're not the brightest bulb <laughs> in the shed. No, in the... In the not the sharpest knife in the, the sharp- crayon okay, box. See, I'm making my, making my point here. I don't even know idioms very well. But uh, he knows Greek. Yeah. And uh, he's really, he's, he's helped me understand that. That's actually not what that means in the Greek. And I think you have a problem with understanding the Greek. You can say that in a gracious way, right? So don't let that intimidate you. Um, if you've gone to a church that loves to preach the Bible, uh, hopefully you've, just been, you've been taught well about these fundamental things about the Christian faith. I, mean, I just want to add on top of that, yeah. like, you can trust your English translations. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like, I mean, you you write out your the text you're going to preach on in Greek and then yeah. translate your, yourself. Yes, yep. It's practically the same as like yeah. what our English translations yeah, are. I, I do that. It's funny. I do that before every sermon. Yeah. And what I realize, there are nuances, mm-hmm. but they're not theologically shifting nuances. No. Um, uh, it's a good practice to keep you present in knowing biblical languages. Uh, but what I find, to your point, more and more is like, my ESV is well suited. Yeah. <laughs> they, there's a bunch of really smart people who are much brighter than me. Yeah. Who translated that. Yeah. It's like, you gotta, these English translations we have, a lot of them were from a committee of people that knew <laughs> yeah. Greek. Right. Like they're pretty solid. Yeah, totally. So I think that's a good point. NIV, I think is going to be okay. Not my favorite. ESV is fine. Um, and I think they CSB. refer to the King James. They refer to the King James. Yeah. I remember when I was given my first Bible, non a Catholic Bible, was a King James from the Mormons. So the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter day Saints, the black, mm-hmm. black, you know, KGV Bible. I couldn't understand it because it was in, you know, the King's language. Right. Um, <laughs> I think you mean the Lord's language. <laughs> yeah. All the vows and whatever. Hey, if the KJV was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. Oh, stop it, you. That's fine. <laughs> so don't be afraid. Yep. Uh, ask questions. Ask questions. Ask follow-up questions. Get clarity. Mm-hmm. Define terms. And it's it. I would say, don't don't start preaching if they're yeah. not, not if they're not asking questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Because if if you want to close off the conversation real quick, just go into your speech mm-hmm. and preach to them. And Joseph pro- Smith was a false prophet. Who, yeah. Or 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 yeah. bring up contradictory or, or controversial topics for them that yeah. would turn them off. Yeah, correct. You know that kind of stuff. It's while yeah, there may be some validities to some things. Those could be 
red shut flags. Downs, yeah. yeah, and that shut up. Just like shut if you just got done reading an honest biography in Joseph Smith, don't go there. <laughs> right, right. It's like let's just walk away. I mean, shoot, just think about yourselves when you're in a conversation and like yeah. you're in a discussion or disagreement. Like when someone goes on the attack, yeah, like like that, point. like you don't want to talk to them. You're just yeah. I'm done. Yeah. You're checked out. Yeah, it's like it's no longer profitable. You're here to win. You're not here to actually well, discuss. Exactly. I think, I think I think the greatest virtue, the greatest Christian virtue, um, can help us in this, and that's love. Like, it's the greatest. Yeah. What, what did What did Paul say? Uh, let your conversation be seasoned, be seasoned with, salt. with salt. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think being loving is really important. Like, they're an image bearer of God. They need Jesus. Yeah. I mean, they're an image bearer of God. Yeah. In marriages, they always go to the First Corinthians t- text of love first is patient. Thirteen, yeah, yeah, love is patient, love is kind. Yeah. Um, that also applies when yeah. you're trying to, you know, be loving towards your Mormon missionaries that have come to your door. Right, you want to be patient and kind with them. First, the spirit and go there. You know, and you know another way of, uh, you know, opening them up to uh, conversation and talking is feeding them. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Make, make and sure hot chocolate. know their and know their dietary restrictions. Right <laughs> these days. Right. <laughs> do you like peanuts? Are we doing milk, bread? What are we at here? Yeah, yeah. We, we know you can't do coffee. But can't I mean, we're wine. talking about wine, more yeah. missionaries that are eighteen, yeah. under twenty. Yeah, very young. Not not what what not what a lot. They don't have a lot of money necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So they're riding bikes for a reason. I mean, some have cars now these yeah. days, okay. but yeah. I mean, if well, the ones in bikes are going to be fitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you guys burn a lot of calories <laughs> i kind of get this all right that's good um hopefully you can approach mormons in a way that is thoughtful loving not intimidating one last piece of advice though i was about to land the plane man you can't land the plane without saying one you interu- more thing you interrupted me yep okay go ahead. i'm hijacking this plane <laughs> too not, soon uh not gonna, all right no jokes there <laughs> bad taste bad taste be grounded in the scriptures yourself yeah. yeah, you know, you need to know what you believe. Yeah. Um, there's going to be questions that they have that you're not going to know the answer to, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean you don't want to be prepared and know your own stuff as well. Yeah, that's good. And, and you know what? The good thing about that is, if you don't know the answers, mm-hmm. you can say, "Hey, you know what? Let me write this question down. I'll get back to you on this." Yeah, mm-hmm. and that leads to more conversation, mm-hmm. and it keeps the door open totally. to keep that conversation going. Here's here's the challenge you're going to run into with Mormon missionaries is that they move them a lot. So if you build that relationship, just don't expect it to last because at least in a face-to-face way, you know, you connect with people online. But they do they serve two-year stints, and they usually go from one location to the next within those two years. Uh, when I have in mind here are like neighbors, coworkers, mm-hmm. people, you know, your kids play in the same basketball league or whatever, you know. Right. Um, developing those relationships is really important. And, and and frankly, it's a it's you're you're you are a missionary Christian. Mm-hmm. Wherever you live, you have spheres of influence that you're a part of, circles that you're a part of, and God has called you to share the gospel with them. And that's really important. I, I, one final statement, and it's just coming to mind. I wish it's almost like we're not going to do another podcast, guys. Don't worry. But if I, we were to do one on Mormonism, it would be this. I would love to talk about how the church in general, should be sending more missionaries to Utah, to the well, state of Utah. And, you know, they have, there's a, a pageant, I think, in the spring and the fall. And there are a lot of Christians that go 
to Utah and and Arizona where where yep. they have all those temples right, right. and they stand out on the streets and the sidewalks you know witnessing handing out pamphlets right. trying trying to have conversations with Mormons as they're going to the pageant yeah and and so there is that because they know there's going to be a huge gathering yeah mm-hmm. totally during that time frame but like if you want to if you're God has put it in your heart to plant a church. I I pray about the state of Utah, I, and I'm dead serious when I say that. I mean, we can go to the Northeast, and we know how it's become, you know, very secular and non-Christian or whatever. We can go to the Northwest, you know, state of Washington and Oregon. I get it. I get all that. Yeah. But man, the the stronghold Mormonism, a a false religion, not Christianity, the right. cult, has on that area is is crazy. I mean, I want to put this out there and it should be convicting um, for a lot of us that don't really do much evangelizing or, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about like street preaching. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about being there and reaching out to your, your sphere of influence. They do so much work for a lie. Yeah. They do so much work for what we know is a lie. Man. Yep. And uh, we yeah. don't do much for the truth. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I'm getting off on a tangent here. So you have to reel me back in pretty soon, but there's another religion out there that is just very similar and it's jehovah witnesses mm-hmm. yeah i mean they that's have gonna a very be a different strong podcast man we're gonna have to yeah talk about them too because yeah. they're i mean different beliefs right yeah i find that mormons um are more um present i guess i mean it's not say jehovah Witnesses are, but i've seen more mormons i've interacted with them more they're more they're more willing to Engage. Yep. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the Jehovah Witnesses. Yeah. And are. one thing I've learned uh, from James White, it's like with Mormons, you need to know a little bit about a lot mm-hmm. versus like with Jehovah's Witnesses, you need to really be able to like go deep into it. Yeah. With knowledge, less, less content, but you have to know it way better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they'll, they'll bring you to John one, one. Oh yeah. They'll, 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 they'll argue the Greek. They will. And they you will. need to know. And, and, right. and so the good thing with John one, one is you keep reading to John one, three. And then you start asking them questions about that. And we can get into that in the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, you got it. All right, guys. I'm landing this plane. Thank you, Rob Danielson. Thank you, Logan Kane. You're familiar with Logan's voice. Rob is a member of Redemption Church. Um, thankful for him. He and his wife and his family have been a part of our church since the beginning. Really grateful for that. And um, we've spent a lot of time together yeah. talking about so many things, about live, just living life together, being you know godly husbands and good parents just following the, trying to follow the Lord by God's grace but also just with a desire and a passion to know God's word and then to see his word go forth and to share the gospel with people so I appreciate that, that passion in you Logan as always it's been good it's been fun but it ain't been real good fun it, yeah that's what Brooks that's what Brooks says yeah. <laughs> alright everyone thanks for listening if you could um, like us on YouTube you can mm-hmm. do the five stars and Apple Podcasts and all I don't know all those things. I I, mean, I can't keep track. And of for you things. Amazon listeners, we appreciate you. <laughs> still Amazon <laughs> listeners. All right, everyone. God bless. Peace out. This is Cornfield Theology. You're listening to an audio resource from Redemption Hill Church. This resource is not meant to be a replacement for participation at a local church, but an accessory to the care you're receiving from your own pastors. To learn more about Redemption Hill Church or to give to our ministry, visit redemptionhilldsm.org.